2: Cherish all of life's moments and save up to thirty percent at BlueNile.com. dot com. That's blue nile dot com.
0: Phillips Laven of the Ten Twelve Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're gonna ask yourself is how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. As the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms, like we mentioned, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Hey everyone, this is Philip Slavin, host of the 1012 Podcast. Uh, We're going to get to our regular episode here in just a minute, but uh, to not address what is going on in our country at the moment would be, frankly, part of the problem. Uh, The murder of George Floyd and the outcry that has come from it is something we cannot ignore, and something you should not ignore. And to do so says so much about you. Denzel Washington said it best, uh, racism is not worse in this country, it's just being filmed. For the first time in a long time, we're finally being forced to see what is going on. And as an American, as a white male who doesn't have to deal on a regular basis with what the African-American community does, I don't feel that I can sit by and and ignore it. None of us should. You can't hide in your white privilege and say, it's not that big a deal. Just a few bad apples. Keep finding or. We're pointing to the protest. Oh, there's, there's the looting. They, they just need to, to protest differently. They need to do something else. Stop finding excuses. Stop looking for ways to avoid having to have the conversation. Stop looking for ways to downplay because you just don't understand or it's not what you think or it's not your experience. What's happening right now affects everyone. Or it should. It should affect all of us. We should all be angry. We shouldn't be okay with things the way they are. And as sports fans, because I know some of you have either stopped or said, stick to sports. I wrote something for Cowboys Ride for Free, and I feel better writing things about this than I do talking about them, but I will say this. If you were going to root for them on Saturday or Sunday or Tuesday, or whatever day of the week you the athlete for your team plays. If you're going to root for them, you're going to say you're a fan, you want their autograph, you want them to notice you, you want to talk about them. If you can care about them when they can score a basket or a touchdown or get your team a W, but you can't listen to them now, and friend, if you are a fan of my team, please don't. Don't pretend to care. Don't pretend to care when what they do benefits you and not when it doesn't. Because you don't give a shit. Not really. I will take someone who has picked a side over someone who won't. The problem is most of the time when you won't take a side that tells me what side you're actually on. you can donate find a fund find a cause donate go to a peaceful protest sit march or just talk and listen to your neighbors and if you're <laughs> if you're in a neighborhood where that's not easy then find one where it is it's every community even those of you like myself in small rural towns that live in bubbles I think this, this doesn't happen here. It happens everywhere. So listen right now. Listen for real. Don't ignore it. This is the time to finally shut up and listen. I hope you do. Welcome to the Ten Twelve the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us today. With me are my new semi-regulars, Andy Mitz of Rock Chalk Talk, Rock Chalk Pod, and Jamie Steyer, who is my go-to when it comes to Iowa State hoops, especially when when it's hoops. Jamie, Andy, welcome back to the show today. Glad to be back.
3: Thank you.
0: So our topic for today... I think at this point, we don't need to keep reiterating the point that I think we all feel pretty good that college football is going to happen uh, this fall. So I want to get past that. And I don't want to talk about schedules and things of that nature, because who the heck knows what it's going to look like or whatever. But the topic that intrigues me the most is fans, because I think every state and and down to school by school is going to have different policies about that. Iowa State has already announced that they want to have 30,000 fans, uh, a little under half what Jack Tri Stadium holds this fall. Uh, Oklahoma State's Deputy Athletic Director, Chad Weiberg, has basically said that if the health officials allow us, they want to play in front of a full stadium that includes the season opener against Oregon State. Um, I I think this is going to be a case-by-case. I think we're going to see some schools who just don't have fans. I think we're going to see some schools that have packed out stadiums. I think we're going to see a lot of schools somewhere between 30 and 60% capacity this fall. Now, I say that's case by case because every state is different. Um, every school is going to have their own policy, and there's going to be issues about you know testing and, and, and handling crowds of that size. So, my biggest question, having watched some things, now that we actually have live sports, watched some Bundesliga soccer this past week, and they were cranking in fake crowd noise. And we've obviously watched a few live golf matches that didn't have any crowd noise and didn't have anything cranked in. You just had people mic'd up and just kind of let it be the natural sound. So I'm curious for both of you, and this is where I want to start today. Would you rather have crowd noise pumped in or no crowd noise at all? Go ahead, Jimmy.
3: Oh, I'm still thinking because I've had like all week to think about this and I still don't know.
2: (laughs) Well, then I'll go ahead and jump in. if we could get it mic'd up like they did with those, you know, with the golf matches, especially that that Tiger and Phil and, you know, Peyton Manning and uh, and Tom Brady. Like, I would love to have it where they have no fans in the stadium and then they have mic'd up literally everybody in terms of coaching staff and all of the prominent players. Like, I would love to be able to just kind of hear that and then go back and forth and kind of hear about what happens on the field. I think similar to what the XFL was trying to do, uh, but just go all out on it. You know, obviously with, with no fans, you can hear a lot of that stuff clear. Uh, you know, they've got to do something uh, in terms of something new to really kind of get people uh, fully invested. And, and I, I think it would be a fascinating experiment for them to be able to do at this point. Um, I don't know if they would be willing to do that. But if if I got to be, you know, college conference or college commissioner of all of NCAA football, I would love to say, look, don't worry about trying to pack in a whole bunch of fans. If you can do half stadiums, that's fine. But let's let's get something unique let's let's try to mic people up so you can kind of hear more about what actually happens on the field and obviously you know it's a huge experiment it would be a huge like completely out of the norm but this season is going to be that way anyway no matter how much Mm -hmm. people want to try to say that it's you know we're going to try to do it business as usual if you don't have packed stadiums if you don't have the ability to sell out the place um, then that fan experience is already going to be completely different so let's let's you know go crazy with it shake it up quite a bit and kind of take a look at what other things we might try to do to try to add some fan value to those that have to watch from home on TV.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're already going to be doing weird stuff, it's it's exactly what you're saying. If it's going to be a weird situation anyway, might as well experiment with the stuff that otherwise would be really difficult. The thing that I keep coming back to when I think about stuff like that, like having a really quiet stadium is when, you know, when you're in high school, think about when you're watching like Volleyball or like softball, when you have the teams on the bench like cheering and stuff, I just can't help but imagine like football players on the sidelines doing coordinated cheers or something, and hearing that echoing through the stadium. I think it'd be beautiful. But,
2: <laughs> but now wait a beyond- minute. I, I actually had talked with one of the the baseball players, and and they were very clear that that kind of stuff was a softball exclusive type of activity. The baseball players don't do that, and I. I have to I have a feeling that you know you might be able to get women's basketball players to do it but I doubt the men's basketball or the football players would be willing Oh
3: players. I mean you 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 already the wild thing is that you already see some women's basketball teams do some of that sometimes because they travel so poorly and everyone who like actually gets fans to travel with them or everyone who actually has like people in the stands just look so far down on them for it. So like realistically, that obviously never happened, but I cannot help but imagine how incredible it would be if we did see that. But as far as actually piping and crowd noise, I don't know, I just, I think that people would be too, I think that they would, obviously like the idea of innovation is really great and would be super cool. But at the same time, I think that there's people who are just clamoring so much to try and feel normal again that the lure of like piping and crowd noise and stuff like that would be really high just so that you could even a little bit for a second pretend that you're watching like your normal football game you just couldn't make it in that day for whatever reason so you just like can for an hour or two try and feel normal again as long as you you know avoid thinking about why they don't have crowd shots or something
0: <laughs> so i watched some of the bundesliga match that had the crowd noise, but no one in the stands. And it was like, if you're not watching it, you're like, okay. If you're watching it, it's weird. Like, it's a little bit weird. Um Also, well, how weird is it going to be to have games at like, I'm sorry, South Alabama. South Alabama, who never had, you know, or a school that doesn't have fans like ever. And suddenly it sounds like a full stadium. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've been watching this team for years. Our stadium, never, uh, Kansas. Our stadium never sounds like that. That sounds way too full. Hey,
2: wait, what's no. going on right now? If they're playing Kansas State, come on, they actually do get excited. <laughs> they scale I just...
3: the loudness of the piped-in noise depending on the opponent.
2: Well, but, but but that's the thing is like, you know, you can actually tell from the broadcast if it's piped-in noise or if it's organic crowd noise. Just mm-hmm. the way that it swells, the way that it's you know, kind of back and forth and you know, and, and it changes from play to play. There's not going to be someone up in the booth that's going to be like tampering with the levels to make sure that it seems realistic. And so people that are watching at home are going to be able to tell the difference. It's going to sound fake. You can tell when crowd noise is being piped in on the broadcast and you know, the the first school that really does that is just going to get absolutely roasted for it. I don't know. Oh, like someone may be willing to try it if they really think it's going to give them an advantage, um, but I, you know, it's going to be, a, it's going to be an absolute horrible. Thing. Of course I say that, you know, from the school that has probably one of the, the worst ADs in the, in, you know, recent memory in terms of trying to handle PR issues. I fully imagine that Jeff Long is going to try to pipe in crowd noise for cancer. <laughs> and they're going to be the laughing stock of Twitter yet again for another stupid decision by the AD. Yeah.
0: Let me just, I, so I love Andy. I like your pitch and, and I, that's where I've kind of leaned. I don't think it's realistic to think everyone's going to be mic'd up They're Would you trust a bunch of 18, 19, and 20-year-olds during a football game to be mic'd up? That's a lot of PR issues of like – you can only do so many like curse word delays. I (laughs) think they run out by like mid-first quarter. So to me, if you're going to do it and try and make schools actually agree to it, mic up your – OC. I want to hear your OC and your DC. I want those who might, you can mic up the head coach. That's fine. And I think every once in a while, that's great. But I really want to hear your offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator, imagine, mic, mic up. and then you pick one player on offense. Hopefully your quarterback who doesn't just sit out there and drop F-bombs left, right, and sideways, we would hope. And then a player from your defense. Like who do you trust on your defense the most to have a mic for a whole game? And if that moves around, that's fine. But like at least give me the OC and DC. Um, I agree. The XFL stuff worked. Um, and 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 in a season like this, even if you have half capacity or close to half, like Iowa State's going to have, like it's 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 fine. I, give me something different. Like give me something exciting and new. Like I, I get the point of normalcy, but if you give me something that I I've never experienced before, that's really exciting and fun and different, mm-hmm. it it's going to even even further set me from like uh, this isn't how it's supposed. To, oh, this is fun. Oh, this is cool. Oh, okay. I'm far more engaged, or I mean, just try, try new things. Like that's what I would really, really love for them to do is just have some people mic'd up or something else. Like I don't know what that is. Um, I want to hear, like if that's what happens with basketball. I know we're talking football, but like I want to hear. The shoes squeaking. I want to hear the coaches yelling. I want to hear the players from the bench yelling. I, and I think you would get that in, in a football game as well. You Those guys are screaming and you can't uh-huh. hear them over the crowd. But the coaches are yelling. Those players are yelling over the sidelines. Like I, I think that would be, yes, we all want fans back. But I think it would be a unique and interesting experience to have for like one season.
2: Well, and to your point, like in, in the fourth quarter of a blowout, you can hear everything that gets said on that field pretty much because mm-hmm. they're you know, yelling out plays. Like, there's no crowd noise because the game's already over. And yeah, you can hear a lot kind of stuff. So, I, I think if they did it like the NFL does, where they mic up a whole bunch of players and kind of jump in and out to certain people, like when they're doing like replays, they'll they'll put in the mics of people that have been mic'd up. I think the way NFL does it, I think they typically have like three or four players for each team on each side of the ball. Um, you know, but, I mean, it's it's one of those things. You wouldn't have to have them, like, mic'd up and you can hear all of it because it'd be a dumbled mess if you have an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach, you know, quarterback, uh, wide receiver, and, like, one other guy on offense all mic'd up at the same time. Like, they would jump in and out where they need to be. Um, but I think it would allow them to have additional extra information. They could, you know, prepackage or, or even, like, get, you know, replay setups or, you know, going to break, coming back. You can hear kind of some of the additional nuances that go on. Um, but I, I, I do agree with you. I don't think they should be piping in any kind of crowd noise because even if it's half capacity, you're going to be able to hear a lot of that extra stuff that you normally wouldn't. And it's, it's just another way, like trying to act like nothing is going on when everybody knows that something is going on is never successful because everybody knows exactly. They're going to be trying to compare it to the original. So if you just embrace the fact that everyone is going to notice it's different and say, look, it's different like this. We're going to show you something cool. It's going to be a whole lot better, I think. And a lot of people will be a lot more accepting.
3: Yeah I mean I, I I have to go back to when you were talking about like how you can't how you wouldn't be modulating the crowd noise and I think that's a really good thought too is that it's like you're used to there being nuance to it and so if it's always there or it's never there like really what's the functional difference so you might as well just try something different. Try, I mean if it Fail spectacularly like try something else i mean you're gonna be having to innovate week to week anyway because you know that things are going to be changing depending on what state you're in or what you know what teams you're covering stuff like that so you're gonna have to be thinking on the fly anyway you might as well you know bring your bring your people in who always have the weird ideas and say all right here's your spotlight here's your year go crazy like give us something good
0: yeah i just like I, the point of like everyone knows this isn't this is gonna be an odd year, just lean into it. Like, be it's okay, it's okay to have a season where we just try new things, and if things work great, and if they don't, that's fine, we'll go back to normal. The At the least other you thing I something. think is gonna be, yeah, the other thing I think is gonna be really interesting is we're, I think we all have a pretty good idea, like, who good announcers and color guys are when it comes to college football. I have a feeling this year, like, it's gonna be even more hot, like. The difference between the really, really good ones and the guys that aren't very good is only going to be heightened. Because if there's no crowd noise, you're going to absolutely hear everything and oh, every yeah. word they say. Because it's really easy to let the game be. They don't have to talk and just kind of ignore them and listen to the, and just kind of listen to the game. If that's all you hear is those guys, man... You better find some good color commentators. You like, better find some good announcers because there's some really, really corny, cheesy, old school, not very creative, awful ones that I don't want to listen to. To the point that I have a weird feeling I might have a lot of OSU games on with the OSU radio broadcast up on the radio and the TV muted because I don't want to listen to the TV guys say the same nonsense and say stupid things. And try and sound cool and say Okie State and all these <laughs> other. But like I just I don't. I, I just like. Wait, but wait, wait. I, but that's the example of like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just I, it's State. gonna okay. be. But
2: but but Philip, you're you're telling me that there are color commentators that are actually good because as a Kansas fan, I don't think I've ever heard one.
0: That's because you haven't been on a broadcast worth watching and like a very, very long
2: time. fair, fair and, and and to be honest, you know, if if I don't get to see it for my team, then I, I just can't believe that it actually exists. Sorry. It does. Well, it does. And, uh, you should watch some other college football. I think Iowa State gets like one a year. I know there used to be some back in like, you know, the 2007, 2008, like that kind of time frame there. <laughs> there was some really good color analysts. But since then, it's kind of all been downhill.
3: Well, and I mean, for real, though, like you talking about that, I don't know that I've even talked about this on the podcast. I do color. So I like I do color for women's basketball for some of the games in season. And so that's definitely something that I had to think about. Obviously, it's very far away. So I haven't actually started thinking about it too much. But that's something that you absolutely have to take into account because you can be more up and down, especially if you're on the home team's radio. But as any kind of analyst, you go with the ebbs and flows of the game you take your cues from the crowd you know that a lot of a lot of really good people and some really bad analysts as well obviously but a lot of really good people draw that energy from the crowd and it makes it you know it makes everything flow together really well and it makes everything feel really cohesive and so all of a sudden you're basically having to generate your own energy while also trying not to come across as too aggressive because you don't have that crowd noise to kind of counterbalance you, but you're still trying to get across what you need to and be entertaining. And it's just a lot to really think about, but that's definitely going to be a bizarre kind of adjustment because that's especially in color, you know, play by play, you have certain things that you always have to try and hit as much as possible, but color, I mean, so much of it is just the crowd energy and seeing what they react to and then saying, well, here's why the crowd was into that play or here's why the crowd loves this particular player because they cheer every time they run on the field, you know, and so all of a sudden, you're you're basically kind kind of going back to basics and I think you have a good point. I don't know how many people are going to be like well equipped to adjust to that.
2: You know, I'm really excited for basketball season when when Dick Vitale is calling a game if there's nobody in the stadium because he has loud and then super loud, and normally it and matches up really, well. But normally matches up really well, you know, with the crowd because when the crowd gets really loud, you can still hear him. But he gets into the game and gets extremely loud and so if there's no crowd noise and he is talking like he's gonna be their
3: pa announcer
2: essentially it's it's gonna be really (laughs) weird to hear that on a you know you're hearing the squeaks and the the random you know fairly soft yells because nobody's mic'd up that's all going on on the basketball court and you just have dick vitale yelling at everybody on you know at tv and it's like oh my gosh i don't know It's either going to be extremely irritating or extremely entertaining, and I'm not sure which one, and I'm really excited to find out which.
3: Are there any football guys you could think of that would be like that?
2: I can't think of any offhand. I mean, I'm trying to think if there's any color commentators specifically or any guys that are normally... Yeah, I can't think of anybody offhand. At least no one college football.
3: Yeah. Someone someone will show up, and they'll be, like, the one most well-known for this season because they just... They're just out there.
2: <laughs> I am so ready
0: for the memes.
3: Exactly. Oh my gosh. Uh,
0: yeah, it's gonna be like it's gonna be a weird season. Like I think the point is, a, lean into it. B, let's just just get ready to listen to a lot of your own home, like biased fan, local radio. Because I just. You get those FS1, like, middle-of-the-afternoon kind of games, and I'm like, okay. Thanks, guys. Pre- appreciate you being here watching the game. Um, you're not very good at this. I don't know how, right. how you... Could you have some personality a little bit. And not like that fake, like, cliched personality. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like real personality basically any
2: (laughs) game that was on espn plus last year had those awful announcers that just i mean it was it was horrible i would i would have turned on the radio call but the problem is the radio call would have been about three plays ahead of the espn so i literally would mute my tv and just watch it without any sound
0: honestly you know what just pipe in just if if you're into espn plus like, figure out a way to sync up the like that team's radio announcers with the game and just give us that. Like, think if you had that option. You can listen. You're watching Bedlam. You can watch Bedlam with the OSU radio guys, and it'll be synced with the game, or you can watch it with the OU radio guys and have it synced up to the game. Would you rather watch that, or would you oh, rather gosh, watch yeah. whoever ESPN put on
2: it? Oh, definitely. I mean, but it's, it's actually kind of funny because now I think about it. With all the ESPN Plus games that I ended up watching, like, I think I got a preview of what it's going to be like this year, where there's going to be no fan noise because (laughs) it might be bad enough that I don't want to listen to the announcers anyway, so I'll just mute it. There you go.
0: There you Um, go. Yeah. So to to wrap up our fan talk, I'm going to have uh, former Oklahoma State punter Kip Smith on here in a minute talking about kickers because I'm really excited about what happens with kickers and punters in this. But I I, speaking about ESPN. um, There's no news at this point as far as college game day goes. But I, I I wanted to see if you guys have an opinion at this point. Do you think cause game day just sits in the studio all season, or do you think they're going to try and go to campuses?
3: I very strongly think they sit in the studio all season.
0: I think it's going to depend. Can't. I yeah. mean, because, because
2: I think the worry is going to be that it's going to, you know, resurge in, in terms of the virus. And, and if, it's so like I think maybe early in the season they might decide, hey, we're going to go ahead and try to go to some of the big non-conference games. Um, but I do think, you know, once they get to a point where like the game they want to go to is still under restrictions, then they're going to say, well, you know what, this probably isn't worth it. And I guess that's part of it too. It's trying to predict which games they're likely to be able to want to go to, and you know, are they going to actually be able to? Or are there still going to be mm-hmm. big restrictions in place? And if that's the case, like if you know, if if nine out of of you know 14 weeks they're they're in a place or wanting to go to a place or you know like their top three choices are states that still have big restrictions going to be like it's not even worth getting the crew going out on the road let's just set up for a much smaller production here in the studio and do it that way so I think a lot of it's just going to depend on how quickly everyone reopens if we reopen yeah. pretty quickly and people really force the issue then I think that they're at least going to give it a try
3: Well, my assumption is based on the fact, like, we've been having a lot of conversations because now that Iowa State's given kind of a game plan for how many people are going to be in the stands, the next conversation that, of course, we were all having is, well, what does that mean for tailgating? And so especially when you consider that, I mean, it's not like they're just going to let it be a free-for-all in tailgating if they're restricting access into the stands and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just the general assumption. So if they're restricting things like tailgating and things like how many people could be in the parking lots and when they can show up in the parking lots and stuff like that like how do you have a something like on the scale of college game day and what's the point if you can't have like the huge crowds of people around anyway like so that's I do half think the that, fun
0: Yeah, no no no. Like I I agree. Well, that's half the show. Like how yeah. much how much are those sweeping group shots and and talking about the signs that are there and Fan things. Like, as much as the the guys talk on the desk, like, the fans are a huge aspect of that. Now, I would say say if they're going to do, to me, the middle ground, because I think they're going to just be in the studio, is they, I forget which game it was last year, but they did a game at Michigan. And Michigan let them set the desk up on the, like, in the corner of the field to do the pregame for college game day. Mm Mm-hmm. And I wonder they had fans outside the stadium gathered so they could do their normal stuff, but this, the the desk was inside the stadium on the field. And I wonder if that's the happy middle ground of we're going to bring it to places, <clears throat> we're just not going to have the crowds, so that means we'll probably have an abbreviated, we shorten the show. So instead of being what three hours, it's 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 one and a half, maybe two, um, and we just we just won't have crowds. We'll we'll sit the desk inside the stand. Uh, inside the stadium or somewhere that we just don't allow a crowd and go with that i don't i don't know if that's a good idea or a feasible idea but it feels like the happy middle ground if they're going to do it yeah i you just know
2: just but, i'm thinking yeah. though i think it would be even more interesting if they take the nfl draft route and they like do you know the the group in the studio and then they get fans <laughs> to to show their tailgates and do all this kind of or like their stuff at home with all their signs because mm-hmm. Because you know that is much, my that thoughts. Is, that is most of the fun of college game day is looking at all of the signs and seeing what weird, random crap people can come up with. And you lose out on that if you don't get actual shots of fans. And you know, think about how interesting it would be. How much people would be jockeying to try to get on to the studio show with their signs. You'd see some crazy signs. Mm-hmm. They would have a lot. Mm-hmm. It'd be a lot easier for them to filter out the ones that you know are questionable or that they don't really want. It's a lot easier on their end to kind of just say. Send us your submissions, whether it's, you know, pre-submit and they'll, like, play videos of what people have said, or if they even, you know, get live look-ins on certain fans or or certain groups of fans in certain places. So there's a lot that they could do with it. I think that, you know, that might be the route that they take is kind of that that NFL draft route where they really try to bring as many fans as possible, but keep everybody just in the studio so they don't have to deal with all the excess costs of carding everybody all all over the place for something that isn't going to be what they would normally have.
3: Well, because I'm thinking about two of I can't remember who it was, but I saw um, that there was like a soccer team who opened up their practice so that their fans could like zoom in and watch it on the live stream. And then they would have like the fans cameras up on the screen in the stadium. So you see these people like sitting in their jerseys in their living room, stuff like that in the actual stadium. And it's like, okay, if they can do something like that for a practice, like why couldn't they do exactly what you were saying you know you can send in videos they could cut together stuff or you know if you can vet people and trust them or put it on a little bit of a delay give you the live in. but i mean absolutely there's so many ways that you can still get that aspect of it that people seem to love almost the most out of anything and do that digitally
0: yeah I, again it goes back to everything else i think we said throughout this chat which is get creative like you're gonna have to get creative you're going to have to – everyone knows that it's weird, so lean into it and be as creative and fun as you possibly can to make it still engaging. I think you can make things engaging. I think involving people as much as possible is a, is a great – can you imagine if they have it and there's just a giant wall behind them with like 30 to 40 like Zoom little screens all over it of people cheering yes. or whatever, that and, it's a, and awesome. that's like how they hand with it each week? Like that would be kind of cool. Like as, as – Especially as you have to take everything with the idea of like, this is the world we live in for right now. That's a neat way to, 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 to adjust to it. Absolutely. Okay. You guys are awesome. Uh, I've got uh, Kip Smith coming up here in just a minute. We're going to talk about how much crowd noise has an effect on... On game momentum, uh, kickers and punters, because I have a weird theory that we might see higher percentage of completed field goals without crowds in the stands. We'll find out what he thinks about that. Uh, Jamie, Andy, as always, this has been fun. Jamie, where can everybody check out the work you do cover in Iowa State? You
3: can check me out on Twitter at JSTYZ, J-S-T-E-Y-Z. You know, that's mostly during basketball season. I'll I'll tweet some stuff out there once in a while. There might be a nugget of wisdom here and there. Or some jewelry, a lot of jewelry, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of jewelry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Andy, uh, where can everybody check out the work you do covering Kansas?
2: Yeah, so I, I cover Kansas over at Rock Chalk Talk, over at the Rock Chalk Podcast as well, uh, on on Twitter at Rock Chalk Pod, and of course I also cover Kansas for the Land Grant All
0: right, guys, always a pleasure. Uh, talk to you again next week, and uh, let's uh, let's talk to Kip. Uh, All right, very excited to have Kip Smith, former Oklahoma State punter 2013 2014, uh, joining us on the show today. Kip, welcome, uh, welcome to the 1012.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, first time uh, first time calling in.
0: <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I guess Zoom. Yeah, we Zoom here now. That's what we.
1: Yeah, Zooming in.
0: I wish I'd have bought so much Zoom stock before all the madness happened. Um, so. Today's episode kind of talking about uh, crowds, whether we'll have them, if we do, how many, and, and their impact on the game. And for you as a punter, I've really I've I've had this thought going in my head of how much does crowd noise impact both punters but but also kickers. Um I I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that I think we're gonna see a higher percentage of made field goals um this year. But but I'm I, that's what I really want to start with you about is just what kind of impact do you think crowd noise, loud crowds, big crowds have on success for both punters and kickers in football?
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely something that uh, we're going to we're gonna see unfold this season. That's going to be different. Uh, punting wise, it's not a huge um, effect uh, when you're punting. Uh, if, if you were playing an away team and the, let's say the team had a big, third down stop obviously you'd hear the crowd you know get more riled up um usually they're not cheering on fourth downs um for a punt return so for punting wise it's not going to be a huge um effect on the game but for field goal kicking I think it will um, be a positive especially for younger kickers Um, I think it'll the environment that they are placing right now with no fans um, it almost seems like it'd be more of like a scrimmage atmosphere um, so you, you hear about a lot of kickers that are really good in practice but when it comes to the games they freeze or they get nervous um, so I think field goal kicking wise um, I think I think it'll result in more made field goals because it's one less thing especially the younger kickers or younger players in general a lot of them freeze up when it's a big crowd and they're not used to it, especially if you face some adversity. If if it's a missed field goal, um, you don't have the the crowd uh, chanting on you. If especially if it's an away game,
0: it was obviously the, you know there's the real pressure in a real game that's not there in a scrimmage or a practice. But I I just. Like I feel like crowd noise has an effect on games for for everybody. If you get loud enough, it makes it difficult to communicate between quarterbacks and, and, and coachings coaches and other players and things of that nature. But I've always thought, you know, for kickers, high pressure crowd is is loud, is raucous, especially if it's a it's a road game for you. They are yelling and screaming everything they can to try and throw you off. Um and and it, and it feels like that would only make the pressure more Real, obviously there's the pressure of just trying to make sure you make it because you don't want to miss but having that crowd there that noise I feel like that would have a big impact on on success and I, it sounds like that that's probably accurate and and you agree we'll see a, a higher increase in made field goals this year
1: yeah I agree um I think mostly it's for younger players um like I said if they haven't faced adversity more if they're not used to the crowd especially in an away game like, take for example, if it's say if there's a big game um, at West Virginia where their crowd is real rowdy, and say if it's a it's a high ranked team and you're going in there and they're making defensive stands, and you need to make a big field goal because the offense can't can't punch one in, and that crowd is beaming down and it can get inside your head pretty easily, especially if, if it's a missed kick. That crowd is going to go crazy, and you you can feel that energy from the crowd in an away game when you do something wrong, especially on a field goal where everyone's watching you, and you can – I mean, you could almost cut the tension with a knife from your teammates looking at you like, man, we really needed that kick, or – just the away fans being real rowdy on a missed kick and how you come back and respond from that is it's, it's a tough thing to do, but when you take the fans out of it um, I think it's a completely different ball game. It's kind of like if you were to go golfing and you're just at the driving range and versus when you're actually on the course.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. So I I am curious, you know, there's, there's talk of obviously pumping in crowd noise um, for TV viewers, but the idea of doing it in at the game um, for the players, because that you know that's weird. It's weird to to play your whole life with with crowd yelling, and then you go play in a real game, and there's no one there. Like it's it's one thing for small schools or schools that don't have big fan bases, but if you're you know, Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Iowa State—places that are used to having packed stadiums. I, mean, I know Iowa State said they're going to have half capacity. I know Oklahoma State said that they, if they're allowed to, they're going to they're going to pack the stadium full. But this is still—I mean, we're we're in June. We we still don't have a definitive answer of what's going to happen. So I'm I'm curious for you, how weird an environment would it be to play in an actual game where you don't have fans or you don't have the normal capacity you're you're used to. Like how does that how does that change how a game works in your mind?
1: Yeah, I think it'll be different. Um if for example, when I played at UCLA, that we were used to the stadium being half full anyways. So <laughs> it was just kind of normal for us. It wasn't a huge deal. Um but when there's no fans there at all, um, one thing you got to take in consideration is every, pretty much every major football team now has an indoor facility. And to practice crowd noise, uh, they'll blast crowd noises or music um, just to get the offense and defense, get the calls in there quickly. So they're used to doing hand signals or, just practicing on the fly adjustments, um, almost at a at game speed. So I think that would be the more one of the more difficult part is the game flows with crowd noise, or if there's TV timeouts, there's always music playing, or something's always going on. So if it was just flat quiet noise, that would be very just weird and awkward.
0: Yeah, no. It, it this is gonna be a weird season. Period. There's gonna be a lot of things everyone's dealing with. I just like crowds to me have such an impact in momentum in games. You know, when, when things are going well and the crowd is on your side, I, like look, I, I, I've I've never played in a football game, so I, I'm talking purely from fan perspective. But tell me I'm wrong when I say the crowd matters. Like that's home field is is all about. Home field advantage. We tell oh, you, yeah, have home field advantage. There's an advantage of playing here. It's about the crowd. It's about having them. You know, for Oklahoma State, it's because of the the distance, like the space between where the stand ends and the sideline is so small. Those fans are right on top of you and loud. If that's not there, like any any sort of home field advantage is, is gone.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. For example, my first year at OSU when we played Baylor late in the season when Baylor was. I think they were ranked top five in the nation Mm
0: -hmm.
1: late in the year. Um, That's the game that stands out to me the most of crowd noise of that Baylor team. I remember everyone was saying how they were unbeatable, that Bryle's offense was – you couldn't stop it. Um, That was probably the loudest I've ever heard that stadium. And you can can just feel the energy from the fans – Um, When there's a big defensive play, or I remember, um, uh, when was it? I think Baylor went for it on fourth down, and Bryce Petty fumbled it on like a fourth and one to score a touchdown. And I think one of the OSU players picked it up and almost ran it back, or he did run it back. Um, But you could just feel that just turn of momentum with the fans. And especially in a tight game like that, the energy from the fans, you just – it's its honestly more adrenaline than you get when they're behind you. And if you're the away team, it's – I mean, it's it, – you, you get rattled. Uh, it's You're in enemy territory and you have 50,000-plus people. Just you feel the momentum on the other side. It's, the crowd just creates – I feel like the crowd creates a momentum. Um, it's kind of hard to explain, but um, if you're there in the crowd, you can – I mean, whatever you're feeling for the momentum and how loud the crowd's getting, the the team down there definitely feels it as
0: well. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, that's what I figure. I mean, it, it's 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 going to be such an interesting season, and I and I'm curious. The some I think some stadiums will be full. I think some will be at half or small, or less capacity. I think some will be empty. So I, I'm really curious to see how that how teams will handle week to week maybe having different kinds of crowds at well, home or on the road. I just, it's going to be such a weird year. I'm, I'm, I'm like my, say my morbid curiosity is interested to see how things look and sound and work when, when everybody's kind of doing something different. Um, mm-hmm. How do you, I mean, that's not something anyone ever really prepares for that I, that I would think of, but if you look at non-conference, I think that's the only thing you can really, really compare it to is, you know, if, you can you can pretty much guarantee your you know what your stadium is gonna be like. But when you go on the road and it's and it's different, let's say you go to you know, if you conference road game, you can go to a team and, and it'd be packed and loud and raucous. You go to a non conference road game to, to a a Sunbelt team or a conference USA team and there's just there's just no one there. You know, it's just it's just an empty stadium. Like mm-hmm. how do you as a football player handle when you go places and it's, and it's quiet. Cause I think it's always a weird thing for basketball. Like when you go and play in an empty arena, like how does that, how does that affect you? I'm curious for football. If you go somewhere and there's just, there's just no fans there. Like how does, how do you get up for a game where no one's going to be cheering for you and or against you because there's just no one there?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I know. Um, I think the biggest, the biggest biggest example I could say is probably Kansas football. <laughs> um, I know when when they're winning, the fans are always there. But uh, the time I was there, not too many fans were in the stands, and it was not loud at all. Um, and you can tell it was a different kind of vibe in the stadium. Um, but when it comes down to the game and everything, I. Th- I kind of feel the team just they prepare so much during the week that the crowd noise didn't really affect didn't really affect the result too much. Mm-hmm. But I I can see some teams, um, I mean it's hard to hard to get ready for a game, especially if let's say if you're like an Oklahoma, um, and you're just rolling through the season and you gotta go play Kansas and they're Let's say if they're zero and eight, and you're eight and zero, and you know you're just going to go in there and um, almost kind of steamroll them, and it's not going to be a not going to be a crazy environment. It's not going to, you know, I could see people. just It's not where you're used to. In the last couple games, are, are big games, loud crowds into it. Um, I definitely can see uh, the mental aspect of wow, this is this is different, and. <laughs> might might be a little slower.
0: Yeah. I I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, morbid curiosity. Uh, what as far as the season's obviously there's so much we don't know at this point, but I'm I'm curious from you, what are you most interested to in see this season outside of just having college football back?
1: Yeah, I mean um pretty much everything. I mean I'm I'm still like a special teams kind of I root for the special teams. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing I'd like to see is since we didn't have spring ball this year, that a lot of people don't know that spring ball is a huge time for for guys that let's say if they redshirted last year or if they were two, three deep, four deep on the depth chart, trying to earn their spot on the um, on the on the defense. So if say linebackers are going to be linebacker safeties. Those kind of guys are going to be most of the guys that are going to be on special teams. So not knowing where these guys are going to be on the depth chart since spring ball didn't happen. And since fall camp is going to be so much shorter, plus the incoming freshmen that came in, they didn't partake in spring ball. Um, how big, how in shape they're going to be when they show up in June or July. Um that's kind of what I'm looking for is those guys that end up playing on special teams that are two, three deep on the defensive side of the ball, mostly linebackers, safeties. Those guys um, who's really going to fill those voids or are team's going to have to play it safe and um, go with starters that might have been on it last year. That's kind of what I've what I'm looking forward to more is how many times or, or how much time teams are going to spend on special teams too as well since spring ball was missed or are they going to spend more time of more offensive and defensive and not practice the the special teams aspect as much since they need more help on offensive defense with the younger guys so that that's kind of what I'm I'm looking to see is pretty much what what coaches are out there coaching special teams the best and you will see it pretty obvious um when the season comes around
0: Kip, I appreciate you joining us today. This has been a lot of fun. Everybody wants to check you out on on the social medias. Where can they do so, sir?
1: It's going to be uh, Kip Kip under dash Hooray.
0: Go give Kip a follow, everybody on Twitter. Uh, Kip, this is a lot of fun. Uh, when season gets started, I can't wait to have you on it and, and talk about why people are missing field goals and we were all completely wrong.
1: Definitely, yeah, definitely. I, I'm ready for it.